Well, let's give it up for Pastor Benny. Oh. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So blessed. We're, we're so much better together, eh? I missed you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Um, it's good to be back in church. And as, as much as I'd love to just share about the trip, uh, the church is about Jesus. And uh, so we'll keep it about him. And uh, chuck some little stories in as we go because I can't help myself. That's true. But it is generally great to be back in the house. And uh, man, I just, I, I, I've got a new appreciation for, for a community of believers. Um, got a new appreciation for people who don't, who, who, who have come to New Zealand, uh, who are living in a foreign land. And I hope when you come to this church, you experience home. I hope you experience the presence of God and family uh, because it is so needed. I experienced that. Uh, with my fight, with my little family, uh, little family, I don't know if I can say that, like showing them this tribe. The times we felt the most rested and at peace was when we had joined with a community of believers over there and worshiped the Lord, and it just felt like home instantly. And uh, what a beautiful privilege we have to do that in Queenstown, uh, a, a town, a city filled with people from all over the world. Uh, so this could be your home if you want it to be. We won't kick you out. Amen. <laughs> All right. You guys good? I feel like I'm about to practice. I'm three weeks out. And man, come on, Jesus. Help me here today. And uh, we're going to preach this morning. If you, if you call this church home, uh, this is a message for you. I want you to take notes because uh, you're going to get a pop quiz. And if you get it right, you don't have to fast. Whoa. Come on. Everyone's like, get the note better. <laughs> Let's do that. And uh, I really just want to talk about our local culture. Uh, who we are as a church, what we're going after, just so everyone's on the same page. And because uh, we just, we're going to go after some stuff. I mean, I, I don't want to share this already, but I, I, I had this moment. We were driving from, where were we driving from, Kelly, when we seen the, the harvesters? Who knows? We drove, we drove everywhere in my Lincoln. I want to buy a Lincoln Navigator. Oh, no. <laughs> 77. So, so we take it off and after this, I'm going to take it all, <laughs> we'll take it all for a ride around the car park. And... <laughs> so. Oh, uh, you don't make jokes about money. But anyway, we would not take up an offering. Um, but we were, I don't know, we were driving somewhere, and please, please forgive me if this is not culturally sensitive or whatnot. I just heard the Lord on it. And uh, we, we looked out at these fields. I think they were strawberry fields. And there was, um, there was people running, like running. Like, I'm talking 28 degrees in California. Running in the middle of the day, running to pick strawberries. They would fill up like a, a punnet or a, or a tray, and then they would sprint back to the truck, drop it off, and then run back out to the harvest. And the Lord said to me, they understand harvest. And I literally bawled my eyes out for the rest of the trip. The urgency to go out to the harvest, not dawdling out to the harvest, not have a little stroll, but like the intentionality of just bringing in harvest was just incredible. Like it broke my heart. that they were just, Not broke my heart, but man, God's like, you got to run out there and get it, run back out, run back in. Add people to the church and get new people in the church. Okay, just me. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's just preach the Bible. All right, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity uh, to preach your word today. Thank you for every single person in this place. Lord, can we just give a big shout out to Chris and Val Morton for the amazing work we've done in the cafe? Come on, somebody. Come on, everyone. I like those extreme makeover shows when they send you away. You come back and your church is redone. It's great. It's awesome. And uh, Lord, thank you for your anointing to preach the gospel today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go to Acts 2 in your favorite translation, Passion Translation. Good, good translation. No, amen. Stop being legalistic. 
understand that there is more than one version of the Bible. God's word is too big to, and too, and too big and too expressive to be limited to one translation. God can speak through any translation, stopping the legalist. That's good. I'm glad you're back, Corey. Awesome. All right, next to verse 32. When they heard this, they were crushed and realized that they had what they had done to Jesus after Peter preached. And deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, What do we need to do, brothers? Peter replied, Repent and return to God. Each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of you thankful for that gift that you get to get saved, baptized, and get filled with the Holy yeah. Ghost? If you didn't know it, you came to a church that believes in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families. And for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. <laughs> Peter preached to them and warned them with these words. Be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Amazing. We, we, we skip that people out. We part out. We do you know, we get forgiven because we go to heaven and have our sins forgiven. Peter's warning uh, our people, hey, you need to get saved out of a culture. You need to get saved out of a perverse culture. You need to get saved out of a crooked, perverse generation. What is culture? Culture is, it's going to come up on a slide right now. I don't know why we're skipping ahead, but we're doing it. Is that on the slide? Culture is an agreed upon set of beliefs, values, or norms. I experienced a different culture in America. You experienced a different culture when you started dating your wife. You're like, that's weird, that's different. Then you met their family, you're like, okay, you're all good. All right? It's just, just a weird culture. Right? We've all got different cultures, right? Um, they are those things that we collectively protect, reward, resist, or remove. That's what the definition of a culture is. It's, it's things that are acceptable, things that are unacceptable. There's just a vibe about the place, if I could use a UH term. It's just, we do that here, we don't do that here. That's cool here, that's weird here. Every place, every person, every family has a culture. The world has a culture. Jesus has a culture. No, I meant <laughs> that which collectively makes us happy, sad, or mad. That is the definition of culture. So Peter is saying, you need to be saved from, a perver from the perverse culture of this world. What is he saying? You need to be saved from the thinking, the values, the, the ways of being and doing in the world system is not like a kingdom culture. It's not like a godly culture. Yeah. Amen. So there should be a difference between the world's culture and the culture of a church. There should be a big difference. While in the world they are cancelling people, the culture of the church is we cancel people's paths. We don't write people off. We cancel, Jesus cancels sin. He cancels punishment. He cancels people's past. He gives them a future. That is the culture that we have. So in a church setting, if someone messes up, we don't cut people off. Or we can act like the world culture, the perverse culture of the world, we can just start writing people off. Okay, you messed up, you made a mistake, you're out. Praise God, I'm not in church on that. Amen. Alright? So he said you must be saved from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believe that word, that they numbered 3,000. Come on. They were all baptized and added to where? Church. The church. Someone just turned to your neighbor and said, that's us. Church is a community of believers. Can look different forms and different methods, but it is a community. It is a group of believers, not just you. Even though you are the church and all about personal relationship, it's not just you. There is a body of Christ. We are added to a community of people. 
Alright, so they were saved, added to the church. Every believer was faithfully devoted to the following, the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion, and coming together regularly for Wednesday night prayer. Woo! There it is. A deep sense of holy war swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of the generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. That's not COVID, I've tested. I've tested. I did a lot of tests that you were. I'm clean. Uh, all the believers were in fellowship as one body, they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of the generosity, they even sold. Oh, read all that. Daily, they met together. So this is why we're going to go. I, I just big announcement: we're going to go daily services. <laughs> together in the temple courts and one another's homes to celebrate communion. What is that? Fellowship with each other and fellowship with God. Yeah. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praise to God and joined the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Coming to life. Amen. So good. And so we're going to look at culture today. We've already defined what culture is. Again, it's a great upon set of what? Values. Please take note of the Greek concept of beliefs, values, or norms. So since we collectively protect, reward, resist, or remove that which collectively makes us happy, sad, or mad. So good. So whether you like it or not, we are all influenced by culture. We're either influenced by worldly culture or we're influenced by the culture that is kingdom, the culture that is heaven, the culture that is Jesus. Whether you like it or not, every single one of us are being influenced. We are continuing to be influenced by what we watch on TV, by what we listen to, by who we give uh, actually an open ear to. We can be influenced by the Holy Spirit. We can be influenced by the flesh. We can be influenced by the devil. We can be influenced by each other, but we want to be influenced by the Lord. We want a culture that looks like heaven in your mighty name, Jesus. Come on. And so here's just a little quick clip just to influence, just to show the, the effects of influence and culture. And so, after weeks of painstakingly searching this rugged area the size of Wales, finally some kind of reward. As behind me, these soldiers gather and burn huge piles of coca leaves and marijuana. The drug barons themselves may have escaped the net this time, but their evil wares not. Behind me, smoke, soldiers burning drugs. Soldiers behind me, behind me, soldiers, rugged soldiers, violence, burning drugs. Painstakingly. Behind me, painstaking barons, burning lead drug soldiers in huge piles of wet nets. That's the one, Jerry. That's culture. Amen. That's actually the state of California, by the way. I experienced that. And <laughs> but you can see the effects of, of culture being immersed in an area actually influences the way that we act, the way that we behave, the way that we 
believe their culture actually it 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 determines what what we believe. Does that make sense? And so we can be influenced by culture. That's why some of us find it hard and can't actually understand why we're different when we're around different people. Yeah. It's because of a culture. It's because you can come to a, a, a place in church and like, man, I, I feel happy, I feel I'm on top of the world, and then we go into another culture and we feel different. Because there's a different culture and it's affecting us, and that's why we have to have an internal culture of who, who we are in Christ, who Christ is, and our internal culture actually gets transported or exported to the places that we go. Because we want to define culture, not be defined by culture. Amen. You're like, Corey, what are you talking about? Because I actually believe that we need to start, stop thinking about just us and actually start thinking, hey, we're actually here to change culture. We're actually here to influence our city. We're actually here to influence our nation. I'm here to influence my family. I want, I want my family, I want my city, I want my nation to be influenced by a Jesus culture. I want them to be influenced by a culture of heaven. Amen. And so we need to have that, right? And so Peter said we need to be saved from a culture, and we don't just get saved from a culture to have no culture, we get put into a new culture. That culture is the culture of heaven. Amen? And so we can see also in this passage of Scripture that God actually gives us a plan of how that's going to look. So, so he saves them out of perverse culture and then puts them into a culture or a community. He adds them to a church. Okay. Do you know church is God's idea, not man's? And so there's a culture right now who wants to deconstruct church and say that church isn't needed. Church has always been needed. Church is God's plan. Church is a place where we all have agreed upon set of values. We have we have we live by the Bible, we agree on certain things, we're not all the same, we're not robots, but we believe the same things. There's fundamental things we believe. We believe that Jesus is the only way. We okay. So God's plan is actually to put you into a community where you are influenced and you begin to be transformed by the renewing of mind. We've always said be, be transformed by the renewing of mind. We think that's us going away by ourselves and reading our Bible. That's great, but you also need to be in a culture that when you're having a hard day and you're getting shaken in your faith, that you can turn up to a culture that actually believes that God's going to move. Yeah. Come on, how many of us have actually been in a place where we're like, man, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not feeling great, and I come to church, and I'm like, oh, hey, this is awesome. Yeah, that's good. I'm redefined. I'm refreshed. I'm like, yeah, someone gave me an encouraging word, and I'm just good. Yeah. What happened? You came into a culture. You came, you, you came into a place where there was a, agreed upon values, there was agreed upon uh, principles and laws, and we believe in Jesus, and you were lifted in the presence of your brothers and sisters because we love Jesus. Amen? So you're rescued from a culture, and God's plan is to put you in community. Amen. You get put in community, and you experience the culture that, that God has. Amen? And so God's plan is to get us out of a, out of a worldly culture and put us into a kingdom culture. It's just making any sense to anyone. And so uh, me and the boys, our, our first job when we checked into a hotel was always to is go and check out the pool. Alright? Because if you don't have a pool, your pool's exciting. Right? Because there's nothing like going to the pool that another 3,000 people will swim in. It's just fun. And so we got into a pool in, uh, in LA and uh, we, we how many know what a whirlpool is in a pool? How many have done the whirlpool when they're a kid? Come on. How many still do the whirlpool? How many did the whirlpool? Just stay. 
Nobody. Okay. And so, if you don't know what a water pool is, it's when you get in the pool and you all start just walking around the same way, right? And you're like, oh, let's get this thing popping. Let's get this. Let's get this whirlpool going now. Um, my kids and I were having a great time. The guy trying to swim laps at this time was not having fun. <laughs> he actually ended up getting out. He just couldn't handle the current. And so we're just we're just walking around and we're walking around and nothing's happening for a while. But we're just we're just gonna keep going in the same motion. We're all pulling together. I've got me. I'm probably like the biggest one in there. I put on a little bit of weight. Just eat Chick Fil A and and then out burger anything fried and jumbo sodas. And so I'm, I'm, I'm doing most of it, then I've got my little skinny kids with me, and then they're not really helping, so they're doing a little bit, doing a little bit of help, right? And so, so we're all coming around in a circle together, and then we get this whirlpool going. Now all of a sudden, now you can just start like lifting up your feet, and you can just lie on your back, and next time you're floating around, and you don't have to push as much, and it's just, it's a flow now, it's like a culture. Come on, it's like we're all hitting the same way, and then... Then new people jump in the pool and they get in like, oh, this is awesome. Is this it? Is it always like this? No, it's not always like this. We built a culture. <laughs> we built a culture when you weren't here. And then when you got in here, you got swept up in our culture. Yeah. Nice. Come on, you got swept up in our culture. And as a, as, a, as a tourist city, we have to have a solid culture that when people come here, they experience our culture. Our culture is not determined by when they come in. Yeah. That's good. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. We have to set our culture so when people jump in, they get in our current. And hopefully our current looks like the current of heaven. Amen and amen. All right? So we're going to talk about three cultures that I really want to see, and I believe are already here, but just to help us define the culture of this church. Is that okay? And I know we have a, a national culture, but just locally culture, I just think this is who we are and what we need to go after. Is that all good? So if you're taking notes, you should be if you come to this church. You see, it comes to pop quiz. There's only three. There's only three. We want to have a culture of love. One okay. We want to have a culture of love. What does a culture of love look like? It looks like, for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. What does that mean? That means that God loves me, and God loves the person that I'm talking to. It means that God loves me, and He loves the person I'm going to run into on the street. God loves me, and He loves my brother, and He loves my sister. God loves me, and He loves everyone I come into contact. There is no one that I meet that God does not love. Yeah. That looks like a community that turns up and knows, hey, God loves me. I don't need to doubt the love of God over my life. God loves me. I'm good. I'm loved. I'm good. I'm loved. I'm good. I'm loved. And because I'm loved and received the love of God, I can export that culture of love to all the people around me. Yeah. What does that look like? It looks like when the borders open and people come across from China or wherever they come from, and they just come from all different nations, they come in here and they're like, oh my gosh, God loves me. Well, how do you know? Because I've met people who understood that God loves them and He loves me. And so I felt loved when I walked in the room. I felt loved. I encountered the love of God. I felt like I was home. I felt like, man, I just felt, I felt loved. Man, and I've got a revelation that God loves everyone I meet. So I'm going back to my nation to know that God loves China. God loves the Philippines. God loves Africa. God loves these people. No, I mean, three minutes. Love looks like Jesus, right? You know what love looks like? Love, love looks like respecting someone's yes and respecting someone's no. That's what that looks like. Love looks like honoring someone who doesn't look like you. Love looks like honoring differences. Love looks like I can see your value even when you're not behaving appropriately. Come on, but the Bible defines what love looks like. It says that love holds their record of wrong. So what does that mean? It means that when people come to this church... And they had a bad week or they've got a past like we all do. We don't, we don't judge them 
based on where they've been and what they've done. Now, I, I hope this is happening in this culture. Maybe it's, maybe it's not, and maybe we've got work to do. I, I believe we're all growing, but I believe this is healthy. Yeah. But we need to be in a place where we have a culture of love. We, we see people the way God sees them. Yeah. And God sees them and says, I love you. So we have a love for our community. So what does that look like? It looks like community days. Yeah. Well, what is it? We're going out and we're loving people. Why? Because we have a culture of love. We actually think people are valuable. We believe the blood of Jesus is paid for every soul. We believe that God loves people. He loves Queenstown. He loves New Zealand. Yeah. He loves Jacinda. Yeah. Oh, that's hard for somebody to know. <laughs> True story. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they're doing everything right. It means God loves them regardless. Yeah. Yeah. It means God loves me regardless. Yeah. You're not going to wake up one day and, God, and be like, God doesn't love me. We need a culture of love. Yeah. Come on, love looks like believing the best about others. It means when you hear a rumor or a gossip and you haven't heard it directly from the person, it's like, no, actually, I don't believe that until I actually hear it from them. Yeah. You know, actually, my, my default is actually to believe you've picked that up wrong, and there's actually a really good explanation of why you picked up what you picked up. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good culture to have. Come on, we believe the best about others. Yeah. We have a culture of love, and, and, and the Bible says, the Bible says, uh, where is it? Did I put it in there? Mark 12, 30. You are to love the Lord Yahweh your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is this, you must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. You will never find a greater commandment of these. That's why we love. That's why we have a culture of love, because it is biblical. It is because God is love. Yeah. Do you realize that God is love and everything he does comes from a motivation of love? Yeah. So everything we do should be motivated by love. If you're going to preach, you better be preaching because you love God and love people. If you're going to serve on the coffee machine, you better do it because you love God and you love people. Come on, if you're going to reach out in your community, you better because you love them. Not because you're trying to perform. Not because you want reward points in heaven. It's because you genuinely love people. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing because I love God and I love the people that I'm with. And I love the people that God wants to reach. And I love my city. And I love my nation. And that is the motivation of my heart. Why? Because I come from the city of Queenstown and we have a culture of love. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Okay, look at that. It, it, it's right there. Beautiful. It's true that we love, we actually love people. We love God. Right? It says to love God with everything you are. So what does that look like? What does a culture of love look like in a service? Well, it looks like extravagant worship. It doesn't look like going through the motions. It doesn't look like just doing services. We love the Lord. We love God. He is worthy of our strength. He's worthy of our intellect. He's worthy of our heart. He's worthy of everything we can ever give Him. We just extravagantly love Him. And we love people. Amen? That's number one. Number two is... I should know this already. <laughs> number two is that we have a culture that God is real and nothing is impossible for Him. We have a culture of His reality. What does that mean? That means that we pray for the sick. Come on, church. If you didn't know this was a, a cultural value of me, something wrong with you. We actually believe God's real. We have a culture of His reality. What does that look like? It looks like the spiritual gifts and people are alive and activated and are, and are doing well in our church. What does that mean? It means that people get prophetic words. Why? Because God is real. Well, what does that mean? Well, God speaks. God moves. 
Okay, so we have people getting healed. We have signs, wonders, and miracles. We have people encountering the love of God. We have people experiencing the presence of God. We have the spiritual gifts alive and active in our church members. Why? Because we believe God is real. What does that look like? It means we turn up to prayer meeting, we pray for visas, we pray for breakthrough in people's finances, we pray that God is actually moving, we pray for babies, we pray when people aren't doing well, and we actually believe that God's going to move. Why? Because we have a culture of His reality. God is real, God is going to move, God listens to us, God hears our prayers, we're not praying to a dead God, we're not praying to a statue, we're praying to a real and living God. That's why we believe for revival, that's why we believe for our city, that's why we believe for our nation. Why? Because we have a culture that God is real. Come on. We have a culture that God is real. I I, I want to have such such an awareness that God is real that before a visitor even gets in their store, they get three prophetic words. No evidence. God is real, but He is moving in the midst of us. We have a belief that God will move. We have a belief that people are going to come here and get healed. People are going to get saved. Why? Because God's real. People are going to get delivered. Why? Because God is real. God's going to move my family. Why? Because God is real. God's going to give me that house that I needed. Because God's real. God's going to give me the visa I need. Because He's real. I'm going to get that medical report I need. Because God is real. Because I am part of a community of believers that actually believe that God is real. Come on. That's healthy. That's just good. So we want a culture of love. We want a culture that God is real. And thirdly, we want a culture of generosity. You want to be in, you want to be in a culture where people are generous. I'm not, I'm not just talking about your money here, okay? I'm talking about generous. What does that mean? Well, are we generous with our encouragement? Thank you, Clinton. Appreciate that. We we generous with the preacher when he's preaching. We encourage him. Do we tell him to do a good job? Uh, in, in, all, in all seriousness, do we do we pick up the phone? Do we do we encourage each other? Do we send messages and say, "Hey, I just really want to encourage you. You're, you're awesome. You're doing." And I don't mean in a, in a weird way. I mean in a genuine way. I just, hey man, I was just praying for you. Hey, I just really wanted to just encourage the call and the gift upon your life. And I was just thinking about your family. I just wanted to say your kids are amazing. And I know, you know, sometimes you don't see it, but we see it. You're doing a great job. You know what? You're a really good mom. You're doing a great job. Yeah, come, come on, young man. You're doing really well. Just turning up that job that you don't want to be at, but you just turn it up because you've got a wife and two kids and you need to provide for them. You're just doing a really good job. Thank you for that coffee. That was a really good cup of coffee. That's what a culture of generosity looks like. It means we're not stingy. We're not stingy with our words. We're not stingy with the way that we serve. We're not stingy. We're not, we're not always trying to hold back. We're always trying to just give more. Yeah. Yes. We, we want to be generous with our love. We want, we want to be generous with our spiritual gifts. Yeah. If you've got a gift of prophecy on your life, if you're only prophesying once a month, there's something wrong with that. Because if you're waiting for a microphone, you're waiting for the wrong thing. We, we want a culture of generosity where we freely give away what God has given to us. So yeah, yeah, we will pray for you. Yes, we will give you a word. Yes, we will pray. We will believe with you. Yes, we will give you a meal when you need one. Yeah, we'll do a meal train. Why? Because we have a culture of generosity. We like we, we have seen that. In, in, in all honesty, I can't name names and, and do things, but we have seen financial generosity for this church. We have seen people step up and, and help out and just love people well in all in different ways because a culture 
is not a standard method. Does that make sense? Like when we see a culture of generosity in the, in the passage of scripture we just read, some people are giving away their houses, some people are just opening their homes. And then if you follow that passage on, uh, Peter and John, uh, there's a beggar who's, who's crippled at the gate, and they say, hey, we don't have any money, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So it's not talking about, hey, you have to do this, you have to do this. We're talking about a culture that just wants to give. Yeah. It's a culture of like, hey, I don't have any money to put in the offering, but I can give you a prophetic word. Hey, hey, hey I, I, I'm not really um, functioning in my spiritual gifting right now, but I can just give you encouragement. You've done a great job. Hey, I can take you out for a cup of coffee. I can shout you lunch today. Hey, you can come back to my house. We can have lunch together. How, do you, how, about, how about that? Hey, you got no place to say, hey, you want to crash my couch tonight until you find something? Yeah, that's cool. This is just a culture of generosity. This is, this is someone struggling in, in, in an area of a team or, or kids' church, and someone's like, there's, there's a culture of generosity. Hey, I want to help you out. Even though it's going to be detrimental to me today, and I just want to be sitting here, I'm going to go help out because we have a culture of generosity here. We, we, we just give. We give of our time. We give of our resource. We give of our spiritual gifts. We give of everything we have. We just have a culture of generosity. A culture of generosity looks like I'm not alive for me. I'm alive for God and all the people around me. People freak out when you say that because we're like, well, what about abuse? What about, no, well, you just need to be mature enough to say, hey, I'm not at that place right now. Yeah. I'm just going to go see the pastor, have a conversation and say, hey, I, I'm just not in a place where I can do this right now. And guess what? Because we have a culture of love, we'll still love you. Why? Because we're human beings, not human doings. Yeah. <laughs> you have more value than what you can do around this place. Yeah, nice. Amen. Yeah. But you might be in a season where you're like, man, I could actually do more. Yeah. I actually just feel like I could just to step up and just do more. I just want to be generous with my time. I just feel like I could just, man, I just want to I just want to do more. You can come and have that conversation. And there's plenty of opportunities for us to do that in this church because we have a culture of generosity. Amen. Come on. We, we have a culture of love. We have a culture of reality. We have a culture of generosity. Those are only three things that we could go after, about 300 of them. But we want these three to set in stone. We want these set in our hearts. Because a culture can't just be what I preached this today. A culture actually has to flow from who we are. Yeah. And so we want to love people. We want we want we want to believe for the reality of God in this place. I, I I can't explain it enough. I've had so many visions and pictures and prophetic words about this place being a place where people come and encounter a real God. Amen. Like we want we want we I could see like schools. I could see revival starting here and spreading across the nations. Why? Is it because we're special? Yes, Jesus says we're special. No, in all honesty, we're here for a reason. We're not here just filling in time. We're actually, we have, a, we have a calling on us as a community. We have a grace on us as a community. And I believe that these three cultures are what is going to see the fulfillment and create an atmosphere with this, the prophetic words and the vision that God has given us over this church. We're actually going to be alive. And doable. Because there is a culture that is reinforcing what God is saying. There's no point having a vision for miracles and not having a culture where we believe God's real. Come on. There's no point believing that we want to be a home to the nations and not loving people when they come. We have to have a culture of love. We have to have a culture of His reality. And we have to have a culture of generosity. So if you wanted to know what the culture of this church is on a local level, you just got it. Hopefully you've already experienced most of it, but we're going to continue growing in it. And if you're here just visiting, 
Bless you. We love you. Hopefully you got something out of this. You can go back home and build your own culture. But if you're part of this church, this is the culture of City Impact Church. We want to be a place where we actually love God and love people. We want to be a place where we believe in the reality of God. That people come in here and they get healed and they get saved and they get set free and they encounter the freedom that's in Christ. We actually believe that God is moving and acting. We have a strong expectation that anything can happen in any service, in any meeting. Anything can happen in my workplace. Anything can happen in my high school because God is real. God is with us. God is on the move. God is bringing revival to our nation and we just believe that God is who He says He is. And we have a culture of generosity because the Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. So everything I've received from the Lord, I just want to freely give it away. Come on, I want to give away the revelation He gave me. I want to give away the prophetic word that He gave me. I want to give away what I'm seeing. I want to give it away to people. I want them to be blessed. I want them to be encouraged. In your mighty name we pray. And I know I've done a really quick message on three things, but we'll probably go over these three cultures over the next month or so in more depth of what that looks like and what the initiatives are that we're going to start launching to actually see that not just be a message, but actually be community and who we are. Amen. So God, I just thank you, Lord, for your um, anointing. Thank you for your presence, everything we pray for and believe for right now. I believe it is from you. I believe, Lord, that if there's any concern in anyone's mind right now that they have to act or be a certain way, I thank you, Lord, they would see the big picture of what culture really is. It is a spirit. It is a moving. It is a common belief that we believe God loves us and God loves everyone we need. Come on. God is real. God is speaking right now. God is moving. Even as we pray right now, God is in this room. There is awareness. God, we sense your presence. We become aware of your presence in worship today. We are aware of your presence right now in this moment. Help us grasp the, the reason. The reason that the church is here. Thank you, Lord, that you said with the head, not the tail. We are influencers of culture. I thank you, Lord, it's not enough just to have good church culture. It's a culture that we want to reach our city and nation. God, we're asking for your grace and wisdom to be a greenhouse, to be a place where people grow, flourish, are healthy in their identity healthy and then calling, equipped and loved and actually family, we would actually function as a body. I thank you, Lord, that every single one of us is needed and wanted, regardless of the parts we play, seen, loved, valued. I wonder if you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And have a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Him. Probably thinking, well, what has all this culture stuff got to do with me? The reality is that you need to be saved. As Peter said, out of a perverse and wayward culture, a culture that doesn't value human life, a culture that 
is anti-God. There's no, there's no like God culture and then like a nice culture. There's a God culture and then everything else is, is not. So we all need saved out of that belief. We all need saved out of the lies and the deception that the culture around us has told us. It's anti-Christ. It's anti-God. They tell you that God's not real. They tell you that God doesn't love you. They tell you that you're too far gone. They tell you that there's more than one way to get to God. The truth is, we are a community of people that believe the truth that there is only one name and one way. One God who loves you. One God that actually did something. One God that actually proved his love for you by dying on the cross. Not a world of the culture that says they love and accept, but actually have no love in their hearts whatsoever. There's a God that actually loves you, cares for you. You say, well, why? What have I done? Well, they don't deserve the love of God. None of us deserved it. None of us earned it, but we are his kids. And every good father, despite what the kids have done, loves their children. There's a God who created you. There's a God who made you. There's a God who loves you so much so that he died on the cross. You can be forgiven and set free. So if that's you, you don't know Jesus, I'm going to